Oh, oh, one more thing. Just One More Thing, a podcast all about Columbo. I'm John Morris. And I'm Margie White. This time we're talking about Uneasy Lies the Crown. Originally broadcast April 28th, 1990. Written by Stephen Boschko. Ooh. Directed by Alan J. Levy. Starring James Reed, Joe Anderson, Paul Burke, and of course Peter Falk as Columbo. And every episode of the podcast, we're joined by a special guest to help us discuss Columbo. This time around, we're welcoming back podcaster Tilta Risa, but before we bring him on, RJ, fill us in. Get it? Fill us in. Fill us in. All right, all right. Uh, My crown's so uneasy. Hey, Dr. Wesley Corman has quite the life. He's a dentist in the stars and a thriving practice. He's a high-stakes gambler, and he's married to a really, really wealthy lady. Here's the rub, though. He is very bad at all of these things. <laughs> He's a lousy jawsmith. He loses hundreds of thousands of the track on the regular, and his wife's leaving him for a big-time Hollywood star who will, who's one of his patients. What's a desperate DDS to do? Well, just take some of his wife's handy heart medication, grind it into a fine powder, mash it into a crown, and slow poison the star, pinning his death on the missus. Over the teeth and through the gums, look out, pretty boy! Here the Grim Reaper comes. Not a bad little murder plot, actually. But oops, who's on the case? Of course, it's Lieutenant Columbo. He sees the ruse of a faked heart attack car wreck and begins to find clue after clue in the bottom of a margarita glass. Whether it's pestering Corman at the ponies or pouring over x-rays at the office, Columbo's ready to make this egregious endodontist open up and say justice. Ah, so good. Thank you. So good, RJ. Might as well do uh, a good one at some point in the last few. Anyway, uh, go out on uh, Tilt, welcome back to the program. How you doing? Did, did I do something wrong last time? What? No, why? Oh, oh to get this done. No, did you no. give this to me? No, no, no. Here's the thing. We, we, we've we tried over the course of the series, over the course of the uh, podcast, to balance it out. If someone gets a 70s one the first time, 90s one the second time, to trade off so no one gets off. No one gets off scot-free. No one gets out of here clean. That's a thing. That's it. You're, you're like... It could uh, have been a lot worse. You you're going to have to all, pay. Oh, all my gosh. the 87 freezing. Yeah, okay. exactly. I was just going to say, yeah, they, 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 they had McBain ones. We could have given you one of those, but no, you're lucky. <laughs> you're, you're no Leonard Pierce. You're getting one of these. You're getting this. It's fine. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So this is what we get, but... I, so you did not care for this one much. Have you seen how many? How many of the nineties uh, or the late era ones have you seen? That's a good question. I'm not sure. They all kind of blur <laughs> into one. Well, no. I, I, last couple of years, I've occasionally caught it on. Is it Get TV? I think of the of the they, they moved. You know, one of those like TV Land used to be, but oh now yeah, they have like a, it, over it, it, the air. Yeah, they have MeTV runs these. I think uh, MeTV, um, uh, Antenna runs once in a while. I know um, Hallmark Channel runs these, especially the 90s ones, pretty often. So there are like a few of the uh, kind of, uh, what used to be in the old days, basic cable, but now there's like 800 channels now, so nothing's basic cable. Um, We actually run Columbo a bit more regularly than they used to. Um, But they actually go into... Uh, the later era ones. And yeah, actually, I've seen this one actually pop up once or twice. Um, I was apprehensive going into it, 
But I I have to admit, I, I end up being kind of pleasantly surprised by it compared to a lot of the other 90s ones. Who is James Reed? <laughs> you know, that was a question. That's I an was excellent question. Twenty minutes ago, but he's one of those. He's one of those uh, fellows where you see him and he seems familiar from something, but you don't know. Mm-hmm. And I guess uh, John, he was in like soap operas and stuff like that, which I guess well, I, those kind of actors I, end up in that sort of job. Yeah, he's one of those actors who looks like he's a, a composite like face image <laughs> yes. of about. You get like seven or eight other handsome people and you just kind of merge them and you get a kind of right. bland but inarguably handsome man. Right. Uh, but yeah, he's been in a ton of – the, the 2000s have been soap operas for him. Uh, he he was Jimmy Olsen's dad in an adventure – a Lois of Clark episode. Okay. And before that – but his big thing is North and South. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and he also had a recurring role on uh, Remington Steel. But oh, okay. He was he was easily the second handsomest guy on that show. So oh, that's our second. That, that'll be our second podcast, the Remington Steel podcast. <laughs> oh, we're gonna do. I, I oh, I didn't tell you. I'm sorry, John. I'm sorry. <laughs> I should have mentioned that. I've already signed the contract. So yes, the um, Stephanie Zimblecast. <laughs> yes. There's just oh, such man. blatant false advertising at the beginning of this. <laughs> yeah, usually it's like, yeah. Right. The 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 people you've heard of. The the most famous person is the murderer. Uh, if there's more than one mm. famous person in those names, it means oh great murder. It's like I am going to see Nancy Walker murder Dick Sargent. This is going to be oh, wonderful. Right. Well, actually, that's a weird thing, isn't that? That hey, Nancy Walker, Nancy Walker is third billing, but she has third billing in the cast uh, for being in a couple of poker scenes equaling like five to ten minutes, which is strange mm. to me. Because that was and like the biggest name they had. Yeah. We talk about this for the 90s episodes a lot. There's usually a scene where there's a bunch of nice people who approve of Columbo. Oh, yeah. Sort of, so that it's not just people like dunking on Columbo, I and guess. This is, this is like the er occurrence of that, sort of. Yeah. This is it because this is, the, this is a Venn diagram. You <laughs> take your – this is the nice people approving of Columbo. And then there's another circle for uh, killing time. Because we need a little filler. Yes. And then there's another Venn's diagram for the sort of tedious part of police work that they're stretching out way too long. Well, here's a weird thing also about... Let's get like a big weird background thing for this episode uh, out of the way with this. Um, When Columbo sees her at this poker game, which is supposed to be full of celebrities whom you really have never heard of except for Nancy Walker and... Um, the second Darren. Um, yeah, he. Oh, that's sad. Come on. I know. I'm sorry. Dick Sargent. Dick Sargent. Just say yeah. his name. Um, when when Columbo sees Nancy Walker, he says like, "Oh, you were on that Rock Hudson show." The Rock Hudson show he's referring to is Macmillan and Wife, which was one of the NBC mystery movies way back when. So here's the weird thing about that: Stephen Boschko wrote this episode. Apparently, he wrote this episode back in the 70s as a Columbo episode, didn't make it through. Uh, supposedly, according to the IMDb trivia thing, who knows how um, accurate that is, Peter Falk didn't think it was an interesting enough villain in it. So, Simon Bochco sold it, uh, then it was an episode of Macmillan and Wife. It actually ended up airing. It's if you look at look for it online 
I think uh, Daily Motion has all the parts of it. An episode called Affair of the Heart. It's this episode. Um, it's like the sixth... But with a more famous killer. Right, yes. No, uh, Larry <laughs> Hagman uh, plays oh. the dentist. But the weird thing is, the way the structure... I mean, it's a different structure of Macmillan and Wife, so you don't know who the killer is from the start. But everything in there is largely the same. You've got the poker game. You've got uh, the divorce. Uh, Barbara Boston is the uh, uh, the wife who's going to divorce him. And instead of a, like a film actor, I think it's some local TV anchor who dies uh, when she's over his place while um, the dentist is at the poker game. And you don't know until the end that he has actually done this entire thing. But this was actually on as one of the NBC mystery movie pieces back in the 1970s. And then they recycled it after doing a lot of uh, reworking. Uh, 11 measly years later. I know it's strange. I, that, that, <laughs> I find that fascinating. They recycled it for it. Like eventually at some point it aged like a fine wine and became okay for a Colombo episode. I'm uh, really curious what it was that made Falk think, okay, now we've got the right cast. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It's really strange. John, you're a comic book guy, yeah? I, I try. Wait, what? Yeah. John, what? No. <laughs> Sorry. I, oh, I need to check myself. Right. You know that whole thing of projecting shared universes onto every piece of media you... I don't know. Maybe you're more of a Marvel person. <laughs> <laughs> well, you actually have just described literally what I do on this show, but please continue. Yes, no, just, exactly. So yes. It just means it means Macmillan and wife is fictional in the Columbo verse. Oh, oh man, that's nice. Oh dear, that's a great idea. Well, I really see the world too yes. much in these terms. Like I, I absolutely no, no, no. know that's that at great. some point, some point early on in his career, Columbo had a case with um oh dragnet uh sergeant friday right and bill gannon and they hated him <laughs> <laughs> i uh i so now i have to ask if if okay so obviously some shows have to be fictional in columbus universe there's tv sure. even though all we ever see people watching is either cooking shows or football <laughs> right uh, yes so, so that's a good thing if we if we follow our Columbo as antibody theory because if a show is fictional to Columbo that means it's not real it means he can't get into it and right. there's no need for him to go in and and you know kill it oh um, but now I'm wondering is is there a Peter Falk in the Columbo verse oh jeez is the in laws a movie in the Columbo verse or does it have I like, hope so it, I hope so just so Columbo could see it because it's a wonderful film so yeah but is it, it Albert Albert Brooks and Alan Arkin oh god oh man that's a great <laughs> idea. That have somebody, it would have to be somebody older than Albert Brooks. Sure. Yeah, at the time. But I would like to I, see uh, that movie. <laughs> well, this is like our next podcast. Let's just recast all the Peter Falk movies. Yeah, sure. Because that <laughs> would be a, How useless. Would get a huge audience. And people would Wildly love to listen useless. to that. Ugh. You see, I mean, the thing is, is that I would end up photoshopping the movie posters. I, that's, that's why I can't let myself think of these things too much. <laughs> <laughs> so this whole idea yeah. of Colombo is the metafictional psychopomp who kills off TV shows that have gone bad. Oh yes, uh, John. So please. What, is, is this a soap opera? This because there's no, it's not like there's no show about a dentist with gambling debts, is there? 
Oh well, yeah, it's clearly think, a soap opera. I think this and, and that, that works because yeah, James Reed had been in a lot of soap operas, so that would actually work or miniseries that sort of thing. So that actually, that would definitely work for this. I would yeah. say like less one... exciting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. you don't like it, to think it, about his soap opera, where, whereas the, in the seventies, I have a there's kind of a weird thing about that. If, I'm sorry to interrupt, but. Um, with the soap operas, how do you know a soap opera has gone bad in our, in our Columbo with Columbo as a psychopomp, which I'm stealing that from you because that's a great way to describe it. Um, Cause they, like, they're always the, going nuts. There's always weird yeah, stuff always in those. Yeah. Oh yeah. So how would you actually, yeah. How would you actually judge that the thing has gone kind of uh, Edgar? Like, how would you know? You see, ah, the UK used to be easy because they started resembling us soap operas and things started blowing up <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh that's right didn't like the old vic was it is it the old vic is that the name of the of the bar yes, and yeah yeah didn't they blow they blew it up a few years ago oh they probably did the one i'm thinking of is was uh one called emmerdale farm and they had a plane crash to symbolize that this is not your father's emmerdale farm and it's going to be oh, all this. new and exciting and <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> British soap operas just used to be about little tiny painful dramas, and now it's serial killers everywhere. <laughs> Antichrists, probably. I don't know. I haven't watched any of them for a while. I think it's a well, safe speaking bet. Of, yeah, speaking of shows infecting other shows, I'm afraid that's America getting to you guys. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, I mean, uh, so going around, John, you enjoyed this one or no? I, I'm mixed. Oh, so okay. I, I had told you that there were two. I said I not told you, but I, I mentioned in the past there were two Columbos I never got to watch on Netflix because they were sputtering or whatever. Right. And I thought this was one of them, but oh. it turns out I saw it. Oh, you just didn't remember. And it. I it didn't make an impression. I just didn't. I didn't remember a thing. And but like it was one of those things where as they came on screen, I was like, oh, that's right, Dick Sargent's about to appear. So oh. I was calling it. So I I did obviously know it. But, um, yeah, I think the story was great. I think that last line is astonishing. If I don't think any killer in Colombo has delivered quite as chilling a justification for the crime. The delivery I have some issues with. Right. And I would say, like, the the pacing and the just sort of the level of acting in it feels a little geriatric. And so oh. it's hard for me to really get into. But I think that is probably because of this era of the show a little bit. Oh yeah. It's for old people. At this but point. for me, <laughs> this having seen so many of these, uh, late Columbo's, this was much, much better than the others. And I think uh, mm -hmm. when I realized who had written it and when it was written originally, I think that's why. Oh yeah. It, de it definitely feels structurally. Like it. it feels like an old fashioned Columbo. And actually I like the way James Reed plays it. I like, such a horrible, horrible weasel and bastard. And it's a good plot, too. It's like, oh, my God, what a jerk. He's a horrible, horrible person and just unrepenting at all. He just mm -hmm. doesn't. He's terrible. He's a terrible human being and he's OK with it. And to me, that feels like it's a good classic Columbo villain. Uh, but, yeah, I, I guess I can see where. Yeah. The way it was adapted for the time it was made was yeah, a little bit, yeah. That kind of softens it and like kind of uh, 
like it scrapes off the edges a bit scrapes the edges off a little bit they could have had back in the 1970s there is something that holds over from the 1970s i think in the script or at least as a tradition um since mcmillan wife has a different structure i don't know if this was written back then or this was intended for the, the colombo episode but actually we actually got to watch him assemble the murder case right or assemble the the digitalis and the the fake tooth Oh, right. Yeah. Which we haven't. This is not normal in the 90s. You don't right. actually see. Oh, that's right. You're right. Yes. Yeah. They usually it's rare. Just I think... of, they skip to the point where the. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And particularly oh, in this good, episode. Good point. I couldn't tell what the plot was for like 15 minutes. That's great. No, that's fun. Because you're like, why is he yeah. doing this to this guy? Why is it happening? Yeah. No, no. That was that was I think that that's that's one of the things that. Uh, really, really struck me. Like I was engaged in feeling, like, why is this guy doing this to this person? And then you realize, like, oh, oh, okay, ooh, mm-hmm. ew. yeah. I think I like that. I, I just like that he sent uh, a digitalis laden sex torpedo at his ex wife. Yes, that too. That's the murder plot. <laughs> I got a, I got a horny chunk of beef here, and I've loaded him full of heart beds. Kill. Uh, it's just, it's just a horrible thing to do to a person, especially given the fact that. Her first husband uh, died in the act, um, like <laughs> several years before. It, it's just a, it, it's even more of a terrible thing to do to then repeat it on her, yeah. like willingly. Yeah, I wish, I do wish they'd kind of put a little more distance between the two deaths. Yeah, uh, it's just it's that time wise or, or method or no, it's just a yeah, method. Just like the last guy died humping her. Yeah. It's like okay, maybe yes. maybe spread it out a little well, bit. Well, that that's how oh, much... are we allowed to bounce around? Uh, oh, sure. Do this please, do, please, please do. Because please do. I actually kind of I was kind of hoping maybe it's because I watched too many uh, downbeat British dramas of the 1970s. I was kind of hoping for a downer ending where they you know they got him, the police took him off, and it didn't matter because the wife had had a heart attack or had gone crazy. Oh. It oh, was just going to be one no. of those. Yeah, that would have been interesting too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's too. Uh, that's too dark an ending. Unfortunately, it's, it's from watching 90s. too much Callan, in which every time you see a nice <laughs> person, they will be broken by the end of it. <laughs> well, they got kind of uh, close to that, though. I mean, they, they were really, really, really uh, going after her, like the the wife yeah, on this. She, I honestly thought she was going to drop out halfway through the episode. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It, it was. It was strange. That's a thing. You know what? It, it's. There was a lot more uncertainty in this episode than you usually get in these 90s ones, mm-hmm. which is that's what I liked about it. I was thinking that... it was going to be mass murder. He's <laughs> like, okay, right, oh, the, the father-in-law's chewing him out and also makes him call him dad. That's yeah. two perfectly good motives for murdering him, so he's going to kill the father. Oh, mind you, oh, this guy's, you know, banging his wife, and this and the, this is a reason for him to kill that guy. It's a reason for him to kill the wife. It's all kinds of, and I thought, he's just going to, like, push you have a to kill everybody off a cliff. Yeah, there's going to be, like, 16 murders at once. <laughs> he's just going to think, oh, that's about, that's about 25% of L.A. County I could really live without. I, I, think, <laughs> I think that would largely come from uh, John Finnegan poisoning everyone with this virus from uh, the restaurant. Just sneezing, <laughs> sneezing on everybody's food toward the end there. I, I do have somebody I would happily have seen as a second victim in this episode, and if we can go back and re-edit it, let's do that. Uh, what was his What was his name there again? The impressionist. Oh, jeez, gosh, I that guy. Down. 
Hold on, let me get, let me get a name. Um, <sighs> Bruce something? No, it's. Uh, let me get it. It's he's he's from a bunch of like of the era political programs. Oh, John John Rourke. Yeah. Who was also a cast member on Out of This World, which we talked about or chatted about recently. He was on Fridays, too, wasn't he? Was he on Fridays? My oh, I don't something know. Else. I don't know. Yeah, he was on Fridays. Uh, oh, out of This gosh. World, the one about the girl with whose yes. father was Reynolds the Alien. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, John and I were just chatting about this the other day. Yes, that's it's exact. That self-same show, yes. Oh, it was interesting God. seeing this after seeing uh, The Other Side of the Wind. On oh, I haven't seen it yet. I want to. Yeah, Peter Bogdanovich is doing his John Rock. He just keeps doing impressions. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh boy. I don't. Mm. I don't want to put John Rock down because he's doing what's in the script. It, right. Well. Right. Yeah, but I got a feeling what's in the script is they were writing it to what he did. Yeah. Well, Plus, let, 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 let's give they some... also did well, they also script weak laughter. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, let, 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 let's talk about. Well, let's give uh, the folks listening who don't want to bother seeing this uh, some context. Uh, the fact that uh, the killer, uh, who is a dentist to the stars, has this uh, circle of celebrities with whom he plays a um, uh, poker game every single week, and he uses that as his uh, alibi. And the uh, celebrities are uh, Nancy Walker, of course, uh, Dick Sargent, who we already men- mentioned, uh, this, this guy, this John Rourke, who does impressions no one wants to hear. Uh, some guy who played uh, for the Dodgers. Uh, some other actor. I don't know who the heck he is. And mm. uh, then his brother-in-law. And that's pretty much it. it it's not a really a murderer's row of uh, who's who. It's more like a who's that. Of, uh, Dick celebrity. Sargent was, uh, was like eight times more famous than the killer, though, which is pretty impressive. Yes. Yes, he was. And also, I liked I liked his work in this. He was fine. Dick Sargent was good. Oh, like, I like Dick oh, Sargent. I'm in this thing. It's I, fine. I think he was miscast. Yeah, yeah. he would have been As better. Dick Sargent. Who, who else could have played Dick Sargent? Well, the thing is, I was the first time Dick I York. S- yeah, exactly. Yes, <laughs> he was. He was uh, cleaning house. No, I know. I've seen this. Bef- I know. I have seen this. I don't seem to remember much, but I remember arguing with a friend about which Darren was at the poker game in that Columbo from years ago, <laughs> <laughs> and I was wrong. Well, the thing is, the first time I saw this, I was a little confused. It's like, are they playing themselves or this happening? To these people? And then it was when it wasn't until like uh, Columbo shows up. Well, Columbo shows up the poker game like, oh, no, they are supposed to be themselves. And it just blew my mind that they why would they bother doing that in this? And then also it blew my mind like, oh, so is the guy who's doing the terrible impression supposed to be somebody I know. Okay. Sure. I had no idea. That guy. I had I had to look him up. I had to Oh know. yeah, same here. Same here. Yeah. I had no idea. I, but I, I I want to give him the benefit of the doubt and that the script just said available impressionist. Yes. Oh. Uh, and not like, hey, you know how annoying John Rourke is? Let's bring him and be really annoying on our show. I'm sure he's a fantastic fella. I'm sure he's he lights up every poker night he attends. Oh and this sure. Is the script's full. Of course. Yes, no, of course, yes. But yeah, still, I, I do have to say, like, I, I, I also know for a, a, this is this is undoubtedly true. They told him stick to impressions. The people at home will know. And uh, his his thing, I think, actually is political impressions, isn't it? Uh, but maybe. Anyway, sorry. I don't know. Maybe I don't. It is. I don't. I vaguely I only vaguely remember Fridays, much less DC Follies. So, yeah, I mean, but it's... um, 
Does heck for Woody Allen. That ages well. Uh, I, so I wasn't looking up when he did Woody Allen. I didn't know it was Woody Allen. I was I was writing a note. Oh. And I just heard that somebody would have to be masochist. And I was like, what the fuck? And then but later he was he wearing the glasses. I didn't ah. notice. The, I didn't look up. He brings props, though. Thank God for an impressionist who brings his own props. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't, his Nicholson, I was writing a note when he started doing his Nicholson. Oh, my God. I looked up. I had no idea what he was doing. He was doing drill he, tweets. Yeah. It was just... This interested me because it means at the time this takes place, the, the Batman movie has already been out. Oh, right. Columbo says he's been on the force for 22 years. Yeah. And that's right. This is 22 years from his first performance. Right. Yeah. Which is a weird thing, because they don't usually place it specifically in time and space like that. So I found, I found mm-hmm. that kind of interesting, too, that I actually wanted to say... Like, he says oh, he's I'm been on this. the force for 22 years. Can you... How quickly did he become a lieutenant? That's true, because he was oh, a lieutenant point. from the very first episode. Yeah, from yeah, yeah. Prescription Murder, he was I think a lieutenant. Uh, I think they might just be, you know, fudging it a little bit, but... Well, and yet... This, this stuff has value, damn it! <laughs> Perhaps he's only counting the 22 years he's been a lieutenant. And yet still, um, coming to the crime scene, 22 years does not get him any respect from the public at all. Nope. Because he doesn't know how to work the uh, bubble light that has to go up on top of his car. Where That's one of my favorite things where like the guy behind him uh, in the traffic is like, oh, I, I'm with the police, been 20 years. Like, yeah, well, I'm Arnold Schwarzenegger. And Falk's reaction is like, okay, hi. Which I thought that was hilarious. He's like, he doesn't give a crap. The guy's being a jerk to him. He says hi to him. Sure, fine. I thought that was great. Yeah. This guy's with the LAPD. He'll be pretty chill. I can just wind him. Oh, oh no. Oh, dear. What happened? Yeah. Um, and also, I, that's like around the same scene where it actually goes to the uh, faked uh, car crash for the uh, the actor. The thing Falk says about... Um, and they were acting like, oh, that that so and so, the uh, the famous actor. Like, my my wife and I just ran a picture of his. Ran a picture. <laughs> they probably used a VHS tape, but just putting it that way, I love that line. Ran a picture of his, like they're Daryl Zanuck in a screening room or something I like that. I couldn't tell it. I thought he was, was maybe fun. fudging the line rented. Oh, maybe. Oh, I thought it was I like ran. Oh, maybe it was rented. Maybe it was. Okay. I'll go back. I'm not and sure watch. how I feel about that because it that was okay, but it's, some of the ties just seem a bit too cute. At first, I thought so when he's um, talking to the murderer and he's he says dentist touches one side of his face. Oh right. And then he yeah. takes the bite out of the bagel. I thought, oh, it's great. He's playing him, but later on, it turns out no, he has a yeah. cavity. And I yeah, thought, actually, that's has a too problem. cute. Yeah, that, that bothered me because usually in a Columbo, they he's, let you have one coincidence. Right. And this one, he had two. He had oh, the bluing. Okay. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's not cool when Columbo walks in with all the clues on him. Yeah. Yeah. And Especially because this was chance not to talk about Mrs. Columbo. Right. There was just the one time. Really. I was. I was kind of up because. Oh, you're a dentist. My wife has teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> the only other thing that kind of like ran into like the Mrs. Columbo family stuff was when he talked about um, going to some sort of. Oh, he, went, I mean, he goes to meet them at the club, and it turns out his cousin or nephew or something is actually the doorman or the valet or something like that. Mm-hmm. 
who had been like uh, ruined in some sort of business deal or gambling deal or something like that. But yeah, there wasn't a lot of that. One thing that struck me in this is that some of the things that in 70s Columbo can appear to be Columbo playing chess and some of the things... I actually take the position that he only ever exaggerates about Mrs. Columbo. Everything he says is fundamentally true. She is interested in every idea that comes her way. But some of the other some of the other stuff, yeah, it's that feeling that Columbo is you know, pretending to have a, a injured tooth and things like that. In this, he feels like what you see is what you get. He really is as befuddled as he seems. That's something that it starts with a yeah, yeah. No, that did come up a lot in those uh, later ones. But I think I, I but with that, I, I s- keep harping on this. But it really, I mean, let's let me hop over here real quick just to share something. NBC at this time, sure, which is right. Uh, where is it? There's uh, the Golden Girls and Empty Nest are what's playing opposite Columbo. Okay. So that's the audience ABC is trying to rob. On a Sunday so, night. And, and CBS yeah, earlier and I, in the night would have had uh, Murder, She Wrote. Um, yeah, I've only probably. got it from but eight something o'clock. called Guns of Paradise. But... Oh, really? Okay. Because usually, yeah. like, uh, Sundays back then, that was usually a Murder, mm-hmm. She Wrote night. So, again, not a young audience. It, it no, didn't so make me really, think yeah. of that joke in The Simpsons about, uh, now here's the guy who puts young people where they belong, in jail, Matlock. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I thought, you know, th- there is talk of bringing Columbo back, isn't there? Every now and again. Off yeah. and on, there, yeah. there is a whole audience out there, a new audience, not GI generation, not silent generation. There's a whole new generation who wants to see baby boomers being arrested. Oh, yes. Yeah. Actually, that would be great. Jesus, yeah. Think of a democratic yeah. socialist, just kind of do it and just oh. kind of like, yeah. Comrade Lumbo. All right. DSA Columbo, there you go. There you I'll go. figure out a better pun later. I'm just excited. <laughs> oh, we've lost some <laughs> audience people, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, don't care. I see. Actually, that. I, last last podcast, I believe we were we spent a few minutes talking about how great it is to watch Nazis get murdered on That's TV. That's true. So you know we're fine. We're <laughs> yeah. on brand. It's if they fine. if they Not didn't see this coming, right? Yeah. There you go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch uh, that in a heartbeat. Anyway, yes. Yeah, so I don't want to I don't want to diss the audience, but they're kind of old, and I think a lot of nuance gets thrown out of Columbo. Right, because I mean a lot yeah. of those, a lot of the later ones, they did a lot of the, hey, here's the old familiar Columbo, and here's the old beats yeah. you're used to. Here's the car. Here's the dog. Here's the things you would always do back then. Just don't think too hard about it. We're not going to expand on it. Here it is, everybody. It's like Mrs. Better. Columbo with Columbo. <clears throat> yeah, actually, oh, that's no. That's an excellent point. That's a good way to put it. Yes, that's exactly. Tilt, this what is why we have yeah. you on the show. Yeah, there we go. That uh, is a, yeah. That's a is great explanation. Oh man, I don't know which one it is, but there's one where he complains about mobile phones, and says the copy's talking to. They all talk to each other. God, I heard that. The phrase I use is that he's become pixie grandpa. Yeah, he's locked yeah. in princess bride mode. <laughs> That is uh, one of the differences between Columbo and Mrs. Columbo, and I think we mentioned this, is that Columbo has a real, like, slow process, and Mrs. Columbo was flighty and was just kind of pop here and there and appear everywhere. And in the 90s episodes, yeah, he kind of just does appear places. Like, what's, uh, what's that weird one with the three wives? 
I can't remember the title. Oh, um, that's a good sign. I, I'm on this podcast. I can't remember the title right. Of that no, episode. but uh, who who was in that? It was um, Murder in Malibu. Yes, yes. Oh God, okay. yes. Yeah, it had such an innocuous name. Anyway, yeah, um, yeah. And that one, he like he's like magic. He just shows up on top of stairs, and I assume it's because he's too old to climb them. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, but actually, this one though, I I kind of I I actually wrote down a couple times. Like I liked that he was doing actual detective police work in this one mm-hmm. uh, more a lot more than uh a bunch of these 90s ones where yeah the actually... really great one about the really great thing about this is that he's got solid physical evidence mm-hmm. it's not just i've ri- i've written down something i think to demonstrate the things i don't like in uh detective dramas or on tv tropes they call conviction by contradiction and i don't know if this is a real line or if it's something i made up but it's like you called a soda a pop <laughs> and that's how i know you did it and and columbus <laughs> are as thin as that right and this one i mean mm. i like that he had to kind of sweat it out and work for it in this one he knew it was a guy and also this one had that thing that i really love where the killer knows colombo knows Columbo knows, the killer knows that he knows, and there's no illusions about it either way. It's like, yeah, well, you know, but you can't prove it, so I'm going to be a jerk about it. So good luck. Good luck proving mm-hmm. I did it. Like that scene at the actually, uh, yeah. in the room, the fancy actually... room at the racetrack. I loved that because the guy gets so uh, cocky about it. It's like, yeah, I did it. You know I did it, but good luck, pal. Figuring it out. So then Columbo actually has to just come up with this great lie to trap him which is kind of i liked that because i like that element and that happens seems to me that happened a lot more in the 1970s episodes where they both knew and it was just a matter of time and the guy figured like there's no way this little schlubby guy is going to figure it out i'm fine i'm going scot-free whatever and then just getting completely screwed in the end which i like that sort of thing one thing i, I liked uh... was oh sorry I was just going to say, I think that's where James Reed's very cool performance up to that point pays off. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, because well, when I, he has that shit moment, you know. Well, actually, and also in the, uh, when um, Columbo kind of figures out, or wants to confront them about the uh, faked heart attack car accident, he wants to meet them at Barney's Beanery, but no, the, he, they insist that he meet them at a nightclub, the Club Fifth Avenue or something like that. So then he comes in, that's Columbo, completely out of place, and James Reed, like Warren's brother-in-law, like, just be careful, he's a lot more clever than he looks. So at that point, he knows that this Mm. guy is faking stuff, that this guy is playing dumb, playing weird, and everything like that, which I think, yeah, the interplay was, I thought, pretty good in this. No, I liked that instead of doing the usual Columbo villain... Here's what might have happened. Here, let me help you with this. He did actually have a very specific scenario he was trying to oh, yeah. put on this. Yes. It was a good it was and a what? good plan. It was a good plot. As a killer in Colombo, this was a mm-hmm. pretty darn solid uh little scheme he had going. It was and not I think bad. his best villainous moment was uh Columbo wanted to speak to the wife and it's like, oh no, no, no. Unless you think it's absolutely necessary. <laughs> right yes oh. yes yes oh man yeah 
because he I like was that he just... offered it too. I mean, yeah. everything. It was hard to remember sometimes. Just just to indicate that I'm getting old too. It was hard to remember that he set up the cover up to be lousy. Yes, it was good. He wanted her to get caught. Yeah, yeah. And it's it became difficult to remember that because you know '90s Columbo, I guess in part. But uh, when when Columbo comes by the house the first time. And he offers with no prompting. Now, I don't want you to speak to my wife about this. Right. And Just he's already like that in there. Yeah. Yeah. That's important for you to know, officer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a good seat. The script is really good. It's a really good story. Like, I, just, I don't, again, I don't you know, get, I don't get why, it, why it didn't pass muster or the 1970s. Cause this would have been an yeah, it's really incredible good. 1970s episode of Columbo. I'm sure Hagman was great. And I think, uh, my wife and I were just having like a, a complete gnashing and wailing of teeth because we're like, Hagman would have been such a good killer. Oh, maybe. Yeah, back then. Yeah, I but guess so. On, or you know what? Good victim, too. So, yeah. But you know who oh, this, yeah. You know who this script would have been good for? Who? 19, when, when was this first written? Like 74, 75? I think earlier than that. I think uh, oh, okay. 70, hold then on. Picture, 73. Picture yourself. 73. A very, very young, toothpick-chewing Dabney Coleman. Oh my God! Mm. Oh man! I don't want you to speak to my wife. Right? Yeah, and that, instead, that instead of being oily confidence, instead of being like cop in the uh, Martin Lando episode, doing this instead. Oh yeah. Mm. Oh, that would have been neat. Oh goodness! I found it. I found the the best possible Daphne Coleman episode. But let's let's uh, open it up to uh, if any of our uh, listeners want also uh, the suggest who they think uh, would have been a good villain in the 1973 Columbo version of this, uh, please leave in the comments, email us, uh, let us know on Twitter. That would actually, I'm interested uh, what you folks also think. But yeah, Debney Coleman, that would be interesting. Huh. I think the reason I reacted so badly to this is, and the, the thing I've written in my notes is, rich people are duller in the 90s. There are fewer aesthetes. Yes. Oh, that's a good so way to put it. So I think that was yes. it. It's, it's like he didn't have a frilly shirt. Um, I, I don't care that dentists don't wear uh, velvet, crushed velvet tuxedos in the, t- <laughs> in the <laughs> surgery. Just let him do it. That's what Colombo villains do. Oh, right. <laughs> so it, it, it's, he did it well, but it just wasn't. I just wanted something a little hammier. That's another one of the unfortunate things about the 90s Columbos is that they, the, the class issue has completely changed. Right, yes. And the, the opulence of the, of the wealthy is no longer grotesque. It's just dull. It's, it's like, just, it's it's like being on there. It's People in the Radisson Suites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they're in their big fancy home, but all the, all the actual rooms we're in are just like there's you know, kind of a – it's an obviously set. It, um, it's – Cool to, room, me, but... to me, it, it's the difference between uh, 60s Star Trek and uh, The Next Generation. Everything just got extremely beige. Mm-hmm. Everything is just beige. All of it. It was the, one the, thing they got right with that old Fisher Stevens one, the first comeback. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Murder, Smoke, and Shadow. Yes. Yeah, at least Which... there's some color to that. It's not my favorite one, but at least there's some color some weirdness to it i guess yeah that one is so over the top that it's only when you realize that's probably what steven spielberg's office looked like that it it makes sense right yeah yeah um maybe is that an insult to steven spielberg no i don't think he so. was young 
He was young. Video games, a uh, soda fountain, sure, why not? A pinball? He must have had a pinball machine. Oh, I'm sure, he probably did. Yeah, yeah a little editing uh, set up there. Sure. Yeah, he sold out our yeah. entire culture to boom on nostalgia and easily palatable narratives. I'm not really an anti-Spielberg person, but uh, sorry, I'm trying to learn German. <laughs> Spielberg, <laughs> Spielberg, sorry. <laughs> ah. Oh, wow. dear. Um, That's fine. I'm not, not anti-Spielberg, I was just... I was just having a rant earlier about uh, sci-fi being He's got too a complicated. Career. Oh yeah, let's make it unpopular again. I liked it better. What science fiction? When sci-fi was unpopular. Everything is genre now. All shows are genre shows in some way. I got I got nothing. I I kind of agree, but yeah. Well, can, can we talk about Jo Anderson with her wonderful sort of pre-Raphaelite look? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, let's do what talk else, about you. What else was she in? I don't know. And her performance is kind of okay, but it's. I don't know. She didn't really grab me in this. She was on Sisters, that show from the 90s. And oh, she was gosh. On, right. I used to uh, have Beauty to watch that with Next Girlfriend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Beauty and the Beast. Okay. And she uh, had the same last name on both shows, so I'm assuming they're in universe. Oh, they have to be, yes. Yeah. So uh, um, so we now know that Sisters and uh, Beauty and the Beast, same universe. Okay. And what, what's the you know, Beauty and the Beast also takes place in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles universe. What? What? How? What? They're in the, they're in the same inhabitable sewer. I was trying to remind myself what? about Beauty and the Beast. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I think maybe it ran on cable in the UK. And I just love that description of uh, a romantic man-lion and a crusading district attorney. <laughs> Yeah, I never, I never, I don't think I ever saw it. Because it yeah, just looked, it opposites just looked, attract. It looked weird to me. I never saw the thing. And I just kind of, because it looked kind of like, I don't know if I want to see a kitty man and some, mm. and the lady from Terminator are, in the sh- sewers doing stuff. Oh like, my I God, I just realized something. Holy what? shit. So I just had a little, a little aside about how the very first paid gig I had out of college was illustrating uh, some pictures for a Beauty and the Beast fanzine. Oh my God. I shit you not. I got twenty bucks a piece for well, each illustration. And you still have which, them, I would guess, or copies. Oh no, at least. no, no. They were, oh. no, no, no. Oh, the original. But it just occurred to me that the story, one They're of the, the stories Mets. I was illustrating, yeah, was um, uh, what's the what's the actress who played the main character on Beauty and the Beast? Linda Hamilton. Linda Hamilton. Yeah. Uh, the story was about Linda Hamilton's character and Joe Anderson's character having a workout. And a little uh, private time and a conversation about self-esteem. Uh, so I have one of the first what? drawings I ever sold for money was a drawing of Joe Anderson. Ladies and gentlemen, full circle. Wow. Okay. A conversation about health, self-esteem. It's fanfic. What do you want? It, to it sounds like a thrilling story. It's like, yeah. hey, yeah, we're going to ride the, uh, ride the bikes and then talk about how you should really uh, be positive about yourself. And they want like you because like... But the how, TV show was what would the TV you show had like all the action, right? But they but, were talking while she was working out on a on a not on a, Nord, a Nautilus machine. So you had to draw them talking and working out. Yeah, seems like you'd want to draw the action. Seems like they would. Well, no, seems like they would want an artist to draw the action. Yeah, stuff. They, sh- they probably should have hired an artist. They're right. No, but I'm saying you. They should have hired you, an artist, to draw an action scene because you want the visual aspect of that as opposed to 
Yeah, yeah, we're just hanging out after work and just like, hey, I like that you. I feel good you about myself. Just gotten on the internet, RJ. Yeah, I know, but it's Every just single time a movie comes out, the first thing people do is, well, who's who's shipped? Who has nice dates with shakes? That's the first thing you do. But it was. It sounds like even that would be a boring date. Just hanging oh out and talking God, about right. stuff. But you had to. You had to draw. Well, you had to draw a boring date. Well, let's loop it back around to what Tilt was just saying about all shows being genre shows now. This is kind of what happens because the shows, all our movies, all our TV shows are so heavy on sci-fi, alternate universes, saving the planet from not like saving the planet like we're supposed to, but saving it from aliens or something. Right. And that's easier somehow. These things are they're so dense. They're so dense with continuity and jibber jabber that there's very that the few glimpses you get of two characters actually relating to each other is so precious that people mine it. They take it out of the movie and they're like, I love this scene where, where uh, Bucky and Captain America liked being in each other's company. Here's my original webcomic. It's 400 pages of them shopping together for uh, at the mall at, at uh, Best Buy. As opposed to they're making their own story with two different people. That's No, I think that's right. They have the emotional... Uh, fanfic is fine. Fanfic but, is good. And, and this just makes me realize I've never... And, you know, I'm going to pat myself on the back, dislocating my shoulder doing so, uh, for never uh, looking up to see if there's anyone's done that for Columbo, because, my God, I can't imagine. Well, allow me, to, like... allow me to share with you, RJ, that oh, yes. Oh, no. They have? There's Columbo fanfic yeah. out there? Uh, would you like me to start collecting it and putting it on the <laughs> Tumblr? No, I wouldn't. But I know I'm going to end up searching just to see what it is and see if it's any better than the... Uh, I think I remember years ago I looked up... Like, yeah, what's the weirdest fanfic I could look for? And found uh, news radio. Someone had, had done a bunch of stuff in news radio. Like, what? Why? Anyway. So, uh, well, my, so my co-presenter on the sitcom club found uh, Keeping Up Appearances fan fiction. What? What? Um, what? What would it be? What was it? Sex. Oh, my God. It was Richard Bucket and the next door <laughs> neighbor's brother. Oh, my God. At it like knives, apparently. Oh, I need bleach for my ears and my brain. My good lord. My god. People used to write uh, erotic fanfic of some of the guys on Mock the Week, which is literally just a show where comedians mouth off. And so people were sitting at home going, but I bet Frankie Boyle and, and I can't remember the other guy's name would probably enjoy getting off. Well, I'm sure there's probably uh, people. I, I remember reading a Monthly and Brinkley. They probably was... wrote things. All about Sharon having a psychotic break after her son's death. Um, yeah, it's it's int- I I didn't read it, but there's like Yes Minister fan fiction, which is all about what? Sir Humphrey Appleby coping with being widowed. Oh my! Oh goodness. wow! People, it, okay. people see certain shows, and ju- I guess it unlocks something within them, and they want to put all of their emotions into it, whether. It fits or not. I, I guess I understand it in a certain way. And hey, this is great. We're talking about the episode. I'm, I guess I understand it in a certain way where you... Because you, it, it it's, fiction, it's fiction, it's a story, it's this mass uh, media thing. But you develop this emotional connection to it. But to go to the point where you're going to write more expanding upon it just seems odd to me as opposed to just making up well, something else. I don't know. Let's try this. Making something up, though, is so hard. 
Right. That's, that is 90% of the work of creating a story is creating, finding the characters, the personalities, the backstories and the relationships, creating an environment, creating a backstory for that environment, creating potential for growth of the characters in this. And if right. you've got James Kirk and Spock, and those were the two guys you wanted to see fuck in the first place. Right. Why not just write that story? That's true. Yes. Yeah. Because, yeah, most of it's there. You take that shortcut, and then mm-hmm. you just kind of expand upon that, whatever emotions you're I feeling about, whatever's going on so in your life weird. and everything. It's just, it's just like, so you know odd that the, to me. The current president of Archie Comics uh, basically is a fanfic writer. That's why we've got Riverdale, and that's why we've got yeah. Sabrina, and we've got, like... Kiss meeting Archie and Afterlife with Archie, where everybody's a zombie. Uh, he's he's trying everything because he's entered he's entered a daring and interesting part of um, of this character's uh, uh, patronage or his patronage of the character, where now anything can be done. Let's see what happens. Well, I mean, even I guess I guess a, a huge example is those um, uh, the, those Kristen Stewart vampire movies a couple of years back. Mm-hmm. Those were pretty much written as a fanfic of those uh, Fifty Shades of Grey books, weren't they? Yeah. Or something like that? Yeah. Other way other way around, I think. But yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, just, it's fascinating to me. People can just take that ownership of something that's been created by somebody else and then just... But, I mean, there's also the weird dark side to it, too, where people feel like, well, I own this. This is mine. How dare they do mm-hmm. this when somebody... And, and the problem you have with... Um, uh, these these mass media things, whether whether it be TV shows or film series or comic books, especially where people feel the ownership to too much of a degree. So then, when people who are brought on, because these things aren't going to end, these stories they have to keep no. them going for financial What's reasons. The big fear of if Columbo is brought back. Yes, yes, and exactly. Yes, he's damned. Thank you, millennial. I God is... bless you for bringing it back to Columbo. It, it, Thank it's, you. It's... Millennial, which means everybody younger than me. Uh, well, no, it's, Gen X is bad for this as well. Understanding drama, but not understanding melodrama. I'm stealing ah. ideas from my friend Andrew Hickey there. Columbo is a figure from melodrama. If he changes by the end of the story, something's wrong. No, yes, yeah. Columbo, insert, like, like your idea that he's an antibody, he inserts himself into stories, Columbo-fies them, and that is... That's how it has to be. That, it has to be, yeah. or else you lose everything. Yeah. And if it comes back, I, I just think we're going to have so much information about who he is and what he does. And I'm, I don't know about you, but I mean, I have my little pet theories about mm-hmm. who Columbo is and what his real name is, mm-hmm. right? And things like that. But you don't need it all explained. You don't need it all laid out there. Part of the the mystique of the character, part of the fun of the character, is you don't know. And you're allowed to fill in some of those blanks yourself, and so you've got your own version of it. Whereas, if he comes back, and there is that trend these days to like tell you every single thing, you've got that dark backstory, or have to go and see what made this person this, this character this, you don't necessarily always need that. You need to leave something to the audience to just fill in either a bit of themselves or whatever it is they enjoy, and that sort of thing. Because I think, to me, that, that almost gives you more of an emotional relation to the character because I mean, again, it, it, I, I guess it is still a bit of a thing where you're making the character your own, but 
you're not codifying it somehow, and you're not codifying it and insisting it has to be for everybody else. It's got to be this. That's you. That's your your own personal thing. You're not spreading it out to, well, no, everybody has to think of it this way. It's like, well, I think of it that it's way. Just, but look just at how much you. of Doctor yeah. Who's backstory's been filled in since 2005. Gonna, yeah. And they were doing pretty badly already in 1989 about how much we knew about him, but mm. her, them. Right. Yeah. Um, just, you know, seeing him as a little boy more than once. Oh, we, what? Uh, I'm not, I haven't watched Doctor Who in about 10 years. And I, it's largely because it's, they just kept doing this. They kept going back and, and filling up the pool. I'm a terrible reactionary. I stopped watching it three episodes in because they gave him short hair and a leather jacket. (laughs) (laughs) And then I went back to the original and thought, actually, most of this is pretty terrible. (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah. basically John Pertwee is when it broke for me because it's like he's heroic now and once you introduce that idea of the hero uh, to, to a character I like as the unhero, he's not meant to be he's, he's the boffin scientist who's meant to occasionally turn up and give the hero uh, suggestions and now no he's the hero hmm. it's, he's it, people, if man. you actually watch the early uh, ideas of the show and the first few episodes it literally is like if lost in space kept going and dr smith was the hero ah oh okay it's so that kind of thing that but then and, suddenly it's like yeah. hey you know what if we made him dashing and handsome that's something everybody can enjoy right and it's that fear that colombo might come back not crumpled but rugged i i think that that wouldn't i would hope that wouldn't happen I think people like the the, the idea of Columbo. I think that what people like about it uh, is the mm-hmm. fact that he is rumpled and weird and strange. I would hope they. My fear is that they would bring it back, and yeah, I think uh, the thing they would try to give him backstory, but also they would make him too rumpled and wacky. Like they would go They're, too far my, the other way. My for biggest that. fear is yeah, they'd make the Columbo action figure, and it would be the it would have. Five or six Columbo phrases, which is kind of what they did with these nineties Columbo episodes. action. Yeah, it is, and I'm, yeah. I'm terrified of Mark Ruffalo. Bless his heart, seems to be on the right side of history here. But let's say they they pick somebody else uh, to do a Columbo reboot, and I mean, okay, so you're kind of left with a, a choice here. Boy, we got into a kind of a high level conversation. You're left with a choice here when you've got Columbo, which is you just use the same formula problem with using the same formula. It's been the same formula. So it begins, it runs the risk of feeling kitschy or theatrical, Mm. or you update the formula to what it, the, uh, what the con to what it contextually would be in a contemporary, uh, contemporary setting. So you don't just do Columbo doing Columbo's things. You think about, okay, in a world of instant communication and instant connection to the internet everywhere, cameras everywhere, how does Columbo fit in in a world where the class system is much, much more divided? How does Columbo move between that world and, and theirs? I think he'd be different. I think you'd have to have basically a different character. But they kind and, of did that. Columbo Luke, likes the nightlife. Mm, they were starting to, they were moving in that direction. Columbo likes the nightlife. But that life. was Falk. Yeah, but. They were kind of showing, like, hey, we can put this character into this modern context and do mm-hmm. it surprisingly well. So I think it's yeah, possible. It it's definitely possible. And it's, yeah, I don't know. 
I want to ask you about something I've read that sounds too bizarre to be true, but I've seen it in more than one place. This idea that in 1977, NBC wanted to keep Columbo going with Patchy McGowan. What? I haven't heard who's that. Who's a foot taller like Peter Wait, Paul really? to me. Yeah, I had heard of this right. one. Weird. Google it. I, I, I'm yeah. sure I've seen it in an actual book, like maybe the Columbo file or something like oh that. Oh my gosh, that would be weird. Um, it's it's definitely something I've seen, and it could just be some massive misunderstanding. But I didn't dream it. Oh, weird. <laughs> no, yeah, that I, is definitely... I've never heard that myself. I could see them plotting a new show, but that is weird because, of course, McGowan isn't shy on confidence. Yeah, right. Yeah. He can be an intimidating figure, so that's an interesting interesting idea. But if back then they were to replace him, replace Falk with somebody who was super familiar with the show, they could have done worse. But yeah. Even worse. But I mean, I, it would be, anyway. Yeah. So at one point, Nancy Walker said, "If a movie oh, would sure. be made about their marriage, it would be One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest Part Two. Which makes no and sense. And then there was a real beat. There was a real beat there, just so the audience could laugh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's get back to this episode. Sorry, well, I guess this so. is a I really mean, good conversation. Well, I mean, we're, we're we're kind of uh, running towards the end of things, though. I mean, yeah. here's the thing. I I kind of feel like we've discussed a lot of. I mean, the fact that. This wasn't a bad episode. Let's no. Should we start? Ra- actually, let's let's do a recap because I I like where the conversation went. Actually, talking more about uh, this show and this type of show and the ownership between audience and the people who make it, that sort of thing. But this episode, uh, there wasn't a ton to talk about for me at least because I liked it. I thought it was actually pretty okay, and I know why I liked it once I found out that, oh, okay, it was actually written in the 70s. It was supposed to be a 70s one, which is, I think, what sets it apart from uh, a lot of these other 90s episodes. Sure. Uh, but let's, let's uh, go around the circle, uh, starting with Tilt. Your overall impressions, you were not super impressed by it, but uh, uh, why was that, and what do you think of it overall now that we've kind of discussed some things? I don't think I've watched as many... 90s ones recently as you and that's why it became more of a shock to my system ah, okay um there's some interesting stuff it feels a little bit crowded in places they didn't really do anything with the uh horses and the gambling aspect that that seemed an odd little diversion but yeah the, the, it wasn't that there wasn't too little happening in the story and it was a good solid piece of evidence yeah. Not just you picked up that cup with your left hand or any of that stuff. So it's okay, but it, if this is if this is a, a better example of 90s Columbo... <laughs> yeah, it is. I quite liked 2000s Columbo, which I think was only three yes. films. Yeah. But they would just pop up on the, the movie channels on cable. I quite... I, rem- I remember thinking Billy Connolly was a good fit for a Columbo villain. Nice to see McGowan yeah, yes, coming maybe, up one more time. Yeah, I think I think that that I believe is our next. Well, yeah, we've got three left. Well, two left after this. So yes, I guess that will be our next one. So of, yes, of the two remaining. Yeah. Yes, that will be the one we're talking about next. And yeah, I definitely agree about that one. But we'll we'll get to that. But yeah, I, I believe Connolly great. I wish he had been in a better episode. But yes, that yeah that, that I definitely you know his character name is actually an in joke on one of his stand up routines. 
What really? Is it? He talks about how he hit. He's, t- he's talking about people he, whose names he hits, and he hits people called Finley and Crawford. Oh, ah. oh my God, that's wonderful! Perfect. Oh my, wow! Oh, that's nuts! Oh my God, that's great! We're gonna, we'll bring that up in the next episode, and we'll seem like geniuses. Yeah, sure. <laughs> oh my God, that's great! I'm yeah, I'm writing it down right now in my notebook. Yeah, I mean this one. Of the ones from this uh, time period, this is probably up there for me as one of the better ones. And I'd never seen it before I watched it for this, and I was just shocked at how much I liked it. I was shocked at um, how intricate and well put together the murder was, and uh, I liked the way James Reed played it. And, um, yeah, so then to find out, like, oh, okay, it was actually written as a 1970s episode, it just made a great deal of sense to me like oh okay who wrote it when it was originally written yeah it was supposed to be one of the so it's almost like a lost episode of the original run of the series and i that's the thing i'd love to know what changed the minds the production staff what changed peter Falk's mind like yeah let's give this one a shot and we'll do this uh to actually finally do it because i like the way it's put together but yeah there are some points where uh, things are a little weird here and there. Some of the uh, casting's not the best. The the stuff with the poker game is kind of there is filler, and also just weird choices of the quote unquote famous actors uh, that, that that habituate the poker game. Uh, but overall, yeah, this was much more enjoyable to watch than I'd say like eighty five ninety percent of the nineties uh, ones I've seen. So if you're going to watch 90s Columbo, make this one of them, I suppose. What, <laughs> what, a, what a ringing endorsement that was. Huh? I don't know. Uh, I have I one last little fact. Sure. Uh, you like to give out the transmission date. The first transmission date in the UK was August 21st, 1993. Oh, three years after On this. the ITV network. Yeah, it, oh, wow. Um, it didn't come back in the UK till, uh 1991 with the Fisher-Stevens one, so... Oh, okay. But, but, but the, the weird but the... thing is, I was I was looking into this. The year before, Columbo episodes were shown on both ITV and BBC, both the major networks of the time. So it was like, because it, it was pretty much, it was the 1971 steady the entire time since they'd gone off the air here in the US. But then... Yeah, they'd just pop up because you could program them as movies. I can't, I'd love to build up a dossier on the entire uh, transmission history of Colombo, but oh, sure. I can't because sometimes they're listed under their individual title names, and sometimes oh. they're just listed as Colombo, so you don't know what episode. I do have uh, the transmission history of Mrs. Colombo in the UK. Oh, thank God. Um, oh, geez. Let's get that so one to the Smithsonian. Let's get that one there. <laughs> you want to get that one saved. Uh, the interesting thing being that a Mrs. Colombo was shown in the middle of a run of Kate Loves a Mystery. Oh wait, what? So they so okay. So it was a late one, and they went ahead and ran one of the. Oh my gosh! Yeah, they Why? were just throwing these out uh, at any old time they felt like, and usually late at night. Well, they knew. They 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 knew. It was it was networked for about four episodes. It was even promoted with a picture of an episode I don't think they ever showed. Oh my oh, gosh, <laughs> that's it's it's very understandable, as we've discussed in the show before. It's like yeah, okay. Is kind of let it go. NBC even realized that at a certain point. They're just running them out. 
John. Yes, sir. How would you rate this one? Uh, well, first off, I went to fanfiction.net and looked up all the Columbo ones. There's about two dozen, including five really? crossovers. Oh, uh, with, with what the, shows? Here we go. There's uh, two monk crossovers, of course. Okay, that makes sense. Sure, fine. Yeah. There, there's two crossovers from the 70s. I really like this. There's Hawaii Five O. Oh. And Emergency. Emergency makes a great deal of sense to me. Okay, yeah, I could see Emergency, right. sure. And then Vampire the Masquerade. Sure. Wait, that's the rest of them? <laughs> that's the rest What's of that? them. That's the rest of them. Vampire the Masquerade. Well, there's only there's what? five crossovers. The rest are originals. <sighs> uh, also going to start working oh, on my favorite Yeah. Uh, the working title is Galactic Columbo, so bear with me. Sure. Uh, and uh, the only other thing, the only other thing I wanted to mention was I was uh, really happy to see the dentist because that is a really it's a really good character cast, by the way. Oh yeah, the thing is, Columbo always had a history of having problems with dentists, so I like that that really played a primary role. Where uh, oh god, what was that line? Hold on, I'll look it up. When he finds out that it, the dentist is involved, um, hold on, dentists they gotta live too, I suppose. Columbo says. Kind of implying dentists don't necessarily need to live, which I thought was he's, very He's funny. heard the arguments. He's heard the counter-arguments. Yeah. you got to let the arguments be heard. Yeah. It's fair. <laughs> anyway, Raymond Singer plays uh, the, the dentist that Columbo actually goes to, and he's a... Uh, I, I thought his performance was great. He's fun yes. to watch and listen to, and I just like seeing him on TV shows, so it was good to see him. Uh, and because of that, I'll give this episode 10 Raymond Singers. There you go. Ten Raymond no, Singers. Wow. Um, it's ten Raymond Singers. Really good Raymond Singer appearance. But uh, as for this episode, great script. I do think the ending is is an exceptionally chilling line. James Reed's delivery didn't really work for me. Joe Anderson. And and the line you said, what would uh, tell the folks? That I don't. I don't want to say it because I like. I want people to watch it because it's oh, really good. Okay. Yeah. No. It's he's a just, killer last line. He's. See, I thought his delivery was good though. Actually. I like his delivery. It's just kind of cold and creepy and dumb. He doesn't give a sh- he doesn't give a crap. He doesn't care. I think he I think he He's played awful. it too cold for a lot oh, of it. Okay. Or I think more to the case he wasn't given enough to do that we could tell the difference between I'm actively being cool and I'm sitting here. Ah. Yeah. Uh uh that being said, so it's a really good script. It's definitely 70s formatted. Columbo getting um uh why is the word cock blocked coming into my mind? I don't know. Columbo I have getting no idea. Harried, a little bothered. Parried is ah. the word I was looking for. Parried. Uh, on his quest to to capture this guy and having to rethink halfway through the episode, that's a real 70s thing. Yes. Hey, hanging out at the coffee machine was a real 70s thing, oh, too. I thought I that was a fun just... scene, too, yes. And oh. and whistling this old uh, man as he goes away after the coffee machine's busted, uh, which is a nice touch. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's... If you're watching 90s episodes and you've watched all the super good ones we've told you to watch and you want a buffer before you get to Underworld, try this one. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Ten Raymond Singers, which translates to about six and a half anything else. Great. And also, uh, one more thing, too. The uh, the guy who played the M.E. also played the uh, medical examiner in um, Murder of a Rockstar. Oh. Huh? <laughs> one of the guys, wasn't the, I thought he was also in Quincy, wasn't he? I don't know. He was uh, Ellen's dad on Ellen. Um, oh yes, yes, yeah. But he was also the Emmy on uh, Murder of a Rockstar, and it was annoying in that episode, directed by uh, James Levy. Also, 
where there was those things where everybody who works in Columbia was like, oh, that Columbia. But this one, uh, he actually had a really good professional relationship with him, especially throughout the entire uh, faking the bluing on the tooth thing. And at the mm-hmm. end, he's like, you're full of bananas. What is this? This is... You're, you're lying. But he played it straight throughout, which I thought was great. But I like yeah, that, I guys. I like the way the char- that character was done in this one way better uh, than his other one or two appearances as that same mm-hmm. medical examiner. Yeah. It was it was a really well done character cast. I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought this one was okay. If you're going to watch it, this is one of the better 90s ones. I'm going to remember this one fondly at the end uh, from those. No there, are, you say. there are scores of them from the 90s. I will try uh, to put it in my head by any means necessary, but this is one of the ones that I will not do that with. I will not put the electrodes up to my temples. I, I will not drink uh, tequila. I, I will not uh, watch static on a computer screen for three hours straight. This one I will try to keep in my head fondly and remember it because I thought this was actually a very good uh, 90s episode. Yes. How could he be sure the victim had had sex recently? Anyway, like I said, I, uh, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. My favorite line by science, the way, from, uh, uh, science from the, detective stuff, I guess. The, like, I better check down here. Mm. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, so I do want to point out in the Columbo novel, the Hoover files, I believe it is. Oh my God. Uh, the fact that a, uh, that the victim had recently had sex actually played a, an important part in, uh, in the medical examiner's case. And it also it also gifted us with, I think, the worst line that has ever been written down by humans, which is uh, the Emmy leans in to Columbo and says, what's your refractory period, Lieutenant? Oh, dear. Oh, my. Was there a response? I think it's like an Inspector Moss where the Emmy actually kind of <laughs> describes how, how he how he found out and it involves incisions and. Well, oh, yeah, no, it's emptied recently. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Cutting things up and looking Please. things up. Yeah, I think we show his sex. Maybe you said a J Arthur rank. <laughs> Please come back next week to hear us talk more about incisions in your testicles. And that's Columbia. right. We'll be talking about uh, Billy Connolly and conducting. Also, I'm I'm thrilled to find out that there is not just "Are You Being Served?" fanfic. What? There's a lot of "Are You Being Served?" fanfic. Really? Like yeah. how much? Like how many articles out there? Uh, I'm seeing at least three dozen here on this page. From what? Maybe more. From what? Oh, dear. Oh, no. no a lot of them know. are just actually, actually wanna... they're really sweet, and they're people talking about their feelings, except here's one where Slocum and Peacock just totally fuck. All right. Well, Tilt, thanks for coming back to the show. Uh, where, yeah, where, thanks. Where, where, on that note, where should, where should people uh, look to find uh, what you're putting out there content-wise these days? Uh, they're probably best to go to podnose.com. Uh, there are a few shows I do on there. I do the sitcom club, uh, which I just we talk about British sitcoms and occasionally talk about U.S. sitcoms. But and and do you ever talk about uh, uh, people on Are You Being Served uh, doing it? Hopefully, we did do Grace and Favor, which was uh, Are You Being Served Again, as it was called over here. Uh, oh, also, right. We also do a non-sitcom podcast called Jaffa Cakes with Proust, which is more about. British culture in general, TV, cinema, maybe even stage shows. And we recently started a strand called Jefferville, which is the same thing, but looking at the U.S. with incomprehension. Good. That's the best way to look at it. Our output's a bit more sporadic than we like at the moment, but we will be doing 
yeah, that's a, a few show shows too. in all three strands over the next month or two. Okay, cool. Um, well, Have thank you, you tried taking seven or eight months off unexplained? Because that's what we do usually. <laughs> yeah, we, we did that this Works year. Works for us. Yeah. Uh, the one time I did that, it was a dead parent, and I just didn't have any excuse at all. I just did it. So, yeah, who knows? Um, you just do it sometimes. Take a break. Take a vacation and from your podcast. You're talking about a TV show. I don't know. There's no excuse. We apologize. I apologize to you folks. I'm sorry. You have we'll, plans we'll through what you're going to do when you run out of Columbo? I, we, we've talked about it. We're not entirely sure yet. I um, would like you to do one last show. Maybe just, just a two-hander. Maybe ask some people back. Just talking about the meta fiction of Columbo. What's his career? What's what can you look? What do you know about him from what you've seen in the show? That's a and good just idea. Just bat around actually. ideas, and I'll maybe maybe even devise Columbo's last case. Oh, that's a good idea. I know there wow. was a script, but just think about what you would accept as the perfect end of all Columbo. Thing is, I would have no idea myself, so I'd just be. F- completely willing to just sit back and let other people talk about it because i have no yeah, idea rj this is literally what i do please let me build a world okay well you know what i mean it would be it would be kind of fun to like have the last episode and then six months later out of nowhere it shows up in people's itunes this like three hour or five part extravaganza about the, yeah okay hold on i shouldn't talk about this because it's actually not a bad idea so forget it you people we didn't say this at all we're not gonna do this wink wink this isn't going to happen. <laughs> Actually, it's a neat idea. Anyway, so that's the episode for this time around. Uh, if you want to listen to other episodes of Just One More Thing, uh, you can find us at jomtpodcast.com or uh, look for us in your uh, favorite podcast application, whether it be iTunes, uh, Stitcher, uh, whatever Google's got going on these days. Uh, if you want to write to us, ask us questions, make suggestions, that sort of thing, uh, Columbo at thecitydesk.net. Uh, follow us on the social medias, JMT Podcast on both Tumblr and Twitter. We'll put up the the new episodes on Tumblr. John puts up uh, screen grabs uh, from the episodes and further thoughts and whatnot. And plus, uh, we like sharing stuff that other folks have been posting about uh, Columbo because there's a lot more out there than you'd think. Because this show, still beloved, people still like it. So there you Us, go. they don't care so much for it, but the no, show. No, but the show love. itself. That's why we're riding on those coattails. We're riding on those Peter Falk <laughs> coattails. Those mighty, mighty, khaki raincoat coattail, coattails. We're riding on them. Uh, let's show off this time around. My God, we only have like uh, two official ones of these left. I can't believe it. Ugh, feels weird. Anyway, that's the program for this time around. I'm RJ White. I'm John Morris. And uh, we'll talk to you next time with Billy Connolly <laughs> murdering an entire orchestra. Yes. That's that's the show, honestly. Murdering entire orchestra. Yes. Uh, Thank you. Uh, We'll talk to you later. Bye. Oh, listen, just one more thing. What are you doing with that thing on your roof? Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how to work it. Those things are for cops, you know. Yeah. Well, I'm a cop. Oh, you're a cop. I'm Arnold Schwarzenegger. Hi. Says he's a cop. Yeah, he's a cop. Yeah, Yeah, I've been on the force 22 years. Been on the force for 22 years. 22 years, huh? Yeah, believe it or not, I never had a chance to work this thing before. What the hell is he doing now?
What's the problem? No, no, oh, no problem. Uh, officer, I'm with the force, Lieutenant Colombo. I'm sorry, Lieutenant. Yeah, that bubble, uh, where do you connect those things? You plug that in your cigarette lighter, Lieutenant. Oh, the cigarette lighter. Cigarette lighter doesn't work. Come on, I'll give you an escort. Oh, thanks. You know, believe it or not, 22 years on the force. I never had to use one of those things before. Oh.